Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome Welcome to to Ditch Ditch the the Script. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I had an air horn sound. (laughs) (laughs) hi hi how are you i'm good i'm good how are you doing i got the giggles (laughs) i love when you have the giggles it sends me into the giggles yeah we do that for each other i guess oh my god i did i put my hair in a bun today and i had this like moment where i was like i'm doing this hairstyle that feels very reminiscent of my time spent with Alex and I'm going to record with her today. And you taught me how to like make a very circular donut shaped bun. Oh, did I? Yeah. When I was I in seventh grade. That. You taught me what making out looks like because you made me watch the notebook. Do you remember saying that? You were like, you're going to learn how to make out because we're going to watch the notebook. Are you kidding? Why don't I remember yeah. any of this? I'm I so have sorry. so many. And for those of you listening, Brie was there for my first kiss. Like she literally yeah. watched it. She like coached yeah. me into it. <laughs> yeah, that um, I remember. That I remember. Yeah. And my first tampon. Do you remember that? I remember that as well. And also okay. that's a shout out to a, a childhood friend of mine who also sort of sat on the outside of the bathroom door and coached me through a tampon. You were um, not on the outside of the door. You, you, we, were the <laughs> we were ass naked. We were ass naked post ballet class together. Oh. And you were like, put it in. You showed me the picture and you were like, put it in on an egg. <laughs> like, you know, good for you for paying it forward because I, every time, every period, every month, I literally think of you i kid you not so that is so grossly special that i can't (laughs) i can't even fathom that's the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me oh my god that's hysterical wait i'm sorry i have to back up so (laughs) i said i said you were like i don't know how to make out that's actually sort of coming back to me what Mm -hmm. i don't remember is being like i have the perfect tool the notebook notebook. yeah (laughs) Yeah. Did we go to like the rain scene? Why why did that yeah, feel so We did. Um, you exemplary. know, it's interesting. I wasn't allowed to watch that movie, so I don't even know how you and I got our hands on it or if it was just on cable because I had cable and I had yeah. a TV in my room because I was a spoiled little child. Christian <laughs> household problems. Yeah. I can't watch the notebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really weird. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and you were the first person I watched it with, and yes, we watched the rain scene, and you were like, "That's making out. That's what it is." Um, and it's I just I just remember us sitting there, and 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 me being like me kind of being taken aback at how intense and yeah. passionate. And my little, you know, 13, 12-year-old brain, however old I was at the time, like, could not, maybe I was 14, could not wrap my mind around, how am I going to make that happen? How do you do that? (laughs) I feel like I set, uh, with that example, set too high of an expectation. (laughs) Be this sexy, Alex. (laughs) Be this good at kissing. (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, like, that's kind of like, it's so funny that you said that. 
because why I was really passionate about doing this podcast is to sort of like deconstruct the way that media <laughs> has set unrealistic expectations for us because I was subscribing to like, do you see what's happening here? This is the framework. Yes. And this that is, is what we're working point. with people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. people still struggle with that because they watch Hollywood and they see these connections and mind you, Ali and Noah's relationship wasn't that healthy. Like, this is actually a conversation for you and I to have, like, just unpacking popular yeah. rom-coms and highlighting, right. like, good, bad, you know, right. whatever. Right, um, And all the in-between. But, yeah, you know, people have a false sense of romance and what love is because of Disney and Hollywood and media and all of that. And we have put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our partners for what love and romantic long-term relationships looks like. And um, right. let me tell you, this is actually a great segue into our whole debacle or debate on, on soulmate love and the concept of the one. Um, because, the great soulmate debate. Yeah, because I think Hollywood's full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, my personal belief around this is that, you know, we, there's a there's a lot of people on this planet and if they're and i do believe in some kind of divine power the universe god whatever you want to call it or yeah. label it yeah but i do feel like if there was the one person that we were meant to find and be with on this planet i feel like that would be really cruel of that divine entity to do to us because i've met this many people on you know to the ratio of how many people are on this planet right right and um so I feel that we have the potential to be in love with and have great partnerships, longevity too, like long partnerships with probably plenty of people. Yeah. But it's up to you to define what you what kind of relationship you want and what truly matters to you within that relationship and to pick a partner that aligns with that, right? And like, so yeah. the soulmate love aspect for me, because of who I am as a woman, my soulmate, like if I was gonna say the special secret sauce for what Jordan and I have is our ability to laugh our asses off together. Like we have mm -hmm. so much fun together and we spend way mm -hmm. too much time together, which is why I'm really excited <laughs> for him to be going back into work and all of that and like finding his, you know, own groove. But but what I'm trying to say is like the only reason we've lived together for a whole year and been with each other day in and day out during quarantine in a 600 square foot one bedroom apartment is because of our ability to have a good time together and to play mm. and to enjoy our goofy side together. Um, that any any challenge or hurdle we've had to face as a couple and navigating cohabitating together um, has been bookended by playful moments. And that's what keeps the glue. That's our glue. Yeah. And that is, that's soulmate-like love. That's right. soulmate love. Right not necessarily feeling chained to the framework of this is my soulmate mm -hmm. because for, for you to be working towards soulmate, like love and then looking to find that in a partner allows you to, first of all, make a choice about who you're with instead of yes. feeling like that choice is made for you by some divine being. Yeah. Second, it allows you to 
continue to work towards maintaining those elements, like that bookend laughter mm-hmm. that allows you to get through the more difficult periods of your lives right. so that you can continue to nourish what makes your connection special. That's something that you have to work for. That is not just continuously created every single day because you are soulmates. Yeah. No. You are working for the soulmate like love. I I think that what we get into a really dangerous territory to be like that person was my soulmate. Okay, so that person doesn't want to be with you anymore. Are you going to do everything in your power to try to be with that person and convince them that you need to be together, be together because of this belief that you're soulmates and that there's no one else for each other. Doesn't that feel like that can welcome really toxic patterns for both of you? Yes. Yeah. Having the fear to let go is what keeps people stuck because, Mm. and they buy into that. They buy into the, they were the one they didn't under. And and for anyone experiencing this right now, I just want to echo what I said last week. I fucking get it. I (laughs) understand the kind of hold a person can have over you, especially if it's been in an unhealthy dynamic because of the, emotional addiction aspect of it which is a very real thing and a story for another right. day but <laughs> for anyone out there that's like i just lost the love of my life they were the one they were my soulmate no one's ever gonna love me like they did no one's ever gonna understand me or get me like they did i promise you that what's meant for you won't miss you and that if yeah. that person was truly meant to be your long-term partner you would have figured it out yeah, because totally. We, Absolutely. Yeah, because even Jordan and I, like, look, guys, we we love each other. And and part of relationships is having the hard conversations and uncomfortable conversations. Jordan and I get in arguments. We know how to navigate our arguments. We have, like I said last week, rules of engagement and tools that we reach for. You know, it doesn't mean that we have this, you know, fairy tale every day is like happy and laughing our butts off and there's no issues that we have to navigate together. That's not true. And every time that Jordan and I kind of come to a hurdle where we're like, ooh, this is something that we really need to figure out because this isn't something that either one of us wants to have 20 years from now, right? Like we will say that. We'll be like, okay, this is something we really need to figure out because this isn't what we want to bring into like a marriage or something long term. Like what do we need to do here? Our baseline is I love you and I'm committed to figuring this out with you. And if this doesn't get resolved, this is going to be an issue. Like this is going to be something that could potentially break us up. Right. And and right. and that is not like when we have this conversation, I really want to be clear here. That is not an ultimatum. That is not a if you mm-hmm. don't fix this, we're breaking up. Mm. It is a, hey, yeah. I love you. And I see that we have this dynamic between us that doesn't serve us long term. But I want to figure this out with you. So what are we going to do about it? exactly (laughs) there's a huge difference there and so i just want to say you know a healthy partner someone who is as in love with you as you are with them hopefully i said that correctly (laughs) they will be committed to figuring out the hard uncomfortable things that come up Mm -hmm. in your relationship Mm -hmm. they will not bolt Mm -hmm. just because of it and that to me right is another aspect of soulmate love yeah Absolutely. So I think also like, even if you find soulmate love 
with someone, but whatever challenges come up that make it impossible for the two of you to continue to be in a relationship for whatever reasons yeah, that may be, it is important to know that assuming that the two of you have tried to see what other, what options you have together, if splitting up means that you split up, that does not mean that all hope for you is lost, that there are no other opportunities for you to be in the satisfying and mutually respectful type of love that you deserve and that you crave. You have to believe that that's out there for you. Yeah. I have, um, I have a personal experience that has sort of been coming to mind as we've been talking about this, like there's someone that I dated a long time ago when I was in college and I felt like that's it. That's my person. Mm -hmm. That's my whole person. And he and I, I just felt like two beings that were like needed to be around each other because we just like so bounced off of each other in the, in a, in a really like special kind of way. And when things inevitably didn't work out, it took me a really long time to get over it. Not just because I was mourning the loss of that relationship, which was really hard for me, but because I was, I truly believed I was like, well, that's it. That that was my person. So yeah, of course I'm going to try to date other people, but it's never going to be like that. And that's so limiting. That thought process really like it, it set an expectation for every single future uh, relationship experience I was about to encounter because none of it, I was already, it was already categorized as not going to be that. Yeah. So until I started to understand how that was hurting me and realize, Brianna, you're not with this person anymore. And aren't you a little bit glad that you're not because you don't want to be with someone that doesn't want to be with you. You don't want to be yes. with someone that's not going to be willing to, to make that work for you. That's nothing about him. That's no dig at him. It's, it's more of a call to action for me to say, what did you learn from this? What do you want out of your relationship? Of course, they're going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's going to be less special. It'll be special in its own way. In a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was important. And I think that, first of all, thanks for sharing that. Um, and I want to hit home what you said about the mindset around making the decision that nothing was ever going to match up to that. Right. Right. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy until you make the decision again, decision (laughs) to put that Mm -hmm. belief down and welcome in Mm -hmm. newness opportunity for a different experience. Because I never like, Going back to uh, like one, once more, going back to my low where I thought that the guy that was the t- most toxic dude I ever met um, and thinking that nothing was ever going to be as good as that because I don't know why I thought that because let me tell you, being cheated on every other week is not great. <laughs> not good. Not good. Not good. This is a, and this is why I say, you know, relationships tend to be a mirror meaning because of the lack of amount of love alex could get her give herself and the self-respect that she couldn't have for herself led her to think that a relationship where she was being chronically cheated on was great was special yeah right exactly yeah this is why i do what i (laughs) do now it's like women (laughs) women do not do what i did it was awful it hurt um but you know my point in bringing that up was is that 
I used to think that nothing was ever going to hold a candle to the connection that we had Mm -hmm. and Jordan trumps that person in so many ways in so many Mm -hmm. ways um yeah and so it's like but it probably wasn't until you allowed yourself to believe that there was um a different kind of connection that you would have been in a place to accept someone like Jordan that took like a relationship with Jordan and the type of person that he is takes a totally different shape than oh yeah the the experience that you had with this other person right so as for as long as you were going to be operating within the mentality that that was what your standard was you couldn't have been open to anything else and i wasn't truly open exactly that was i also wasn't truly open because i wasn't healed enough to be stable putting myself out there again so even like it really did it took me having to do a hard stop and like look inward and focus on me and then of course like i dated less the year that i met jordan i did i dated less i dated way more intentionally um Right. And I can, conf- and as I say all the time, like I confronted red flags as they came up instead of like ignoring them or justifying them. And I was like, I don't care if you think I'm an overly communicative person. Like I want to know it because that's what I want in a relationship. And I know that a guy who's yeah. meant for me won't be bothered by that. And there's actually a really funny story right. with Jordan about that. If I want to, do I want to tell? I'll tell it really fast. Okay. So, because okay. it's really, Already. it's related to this and it's funny. So, there was a rumor. So Jordan and I met, we were working for a fair and the day that we were going to have our first date, um, it was brought to my attention that he was talking to another gal that worked at the fair. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. And I looked at my friend who disclosed this information to me and I was like, okay, well thanks for telling me. Um, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I had in my, in my gut, I had a feeling that it didn't matter. My exact words to her were, we talked on the phone for three hours last night. So if he really was talking to someone else, I'm not worried about it. Like I got this in the bag. Like I just felt really confident right. about what we had shared. Mm-hmm. So Jordan picks me up yeah. for our first date a couple hours after that conversation. And I get in his car and I was like, hey, because we went to the fair that we worked at for our first date. So we're like yeah. about to go right. skipping down. And it was a Christmas fair, too. We're coming up on like the three year anniversary of us meeting. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, so we're like about to go skipping down by the Christmas lights in front of this girl that he's supposedly been talking to. So I was like, this is going to be awkward. Right. So. I'm in the passenger scene and I just look at him and I'm like, hey, look, I heard you were taught. Her name was Brie, actually. I was like, hey, I heard you were talking. (gasps) (laughs) I was like, hey, I heard you were talking to Brie. Oh, I have words (laughs) for her. And and what was funny is like in the chain of command, she actually (laughs) answered to me. She was someone that I managed. Um, I was like, hey, look, I heard you were talking Mm. to Brie. And if that's the case, that's fine. I just want to know about it. Like what's going on with you two? And he was like, Mm-hmm. Where did you hear that from? Like, and like, seriously, first, yeah. we're not even to the fair. We're Shock. just in the fucking car. And <laughs> he was like, he's like, where did you hear that from? I was like, well, I heard it from Kat, who heard it from Jesse, who told her about like, you, you, you've been cheated on. And he's like, I haven't been cheated on that I know of. And I was like, oh, 
okay, this is interesting. And he's like, and by the way, no, Bree and I aren't talking. A couple weeks ago, we had an interaction and I said she was cute, but that was it. And I was like, okay, <gasps> yeah. So wait, who got it wrong? So this is the funny part is we go on our date. We have a great time, blah, blah, blah. And so he confronts Jesse. Like the next day we're at work at the fair and he confronts her, like pulls her aside and is like, do I know you and don't remember mm. you? Like, do you know one of my exes? And she, I, you know, I can't talk for Jordan, but she, she basically gave him a runaround answer and like backtracked and was like, oh no, that's just what I heard through the grapevine and, and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, I thought you and Brie had been talking for a while. And she was like, no, Mm-mm. like none of that. Stop running happened. your mouth about Not me. Not a single yeah and thankfully like we it was only two days left till the fair closed so it wasn't like an awkward working situation Mm -hmm. for very long but um yeah that's the story and so my point in the whole reason i shared that was because of the communicativeness of me i was like i want a partner who will communicate with me and i know that if i ask hard questions some like a good man's not going to be turned off by that and jordan actually to this day um appreciated that i did that instead of letting it get to me and like sit in my head about like oh my god i have to compete with this other girl i was just like i want to know like tell me what's up and he said he was like that's awesome like i i really appreciate that it allowed you to just bring it to the surface, squash it instead of when sometimes when we hold on to this internal fear, which it's natural for those things to come up, especially depending on what we've been through and how we navigate our attachment styles, even whether it's like conscious or subconscious, um, those thoughts and those fears and those are those concerns are going to come up. And so we have this choice. Do I keep it to myself? And, allow this to grow into something that beyond its original form or can I bring this to my partner and be like, I'm going to ask you a question. You can get into it and be like, this is why I want to know. Or you could just be like, no, this is important to me. Answer. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so that was like such a great, um, literal first five minutes of us getting to know each other because Jordan realized like I 98% of the time and like I have an issue let's talk about it there are some times where I get in my head where I'm like keep it to yourself and I have to fight that um but yeah it was a it was a great segue for us to be able to see what it would be like communicating about uncomfortable conversations like other women and stuff like that so you know my point is is just be again be you be communicative ask the questions you want because the person who's a a good dude and and the right fit for you will meet you there (laughs) and that exists hands down yeah yeah i wonder how many people just want jordan (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to have so many people <laughs> sliding into his DMs. Listen, we can find this out in the world. We don't have to poach other people's boyfriends. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> people can learn how yes. to be this way. And it wouldn't work because Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. We're not sorry. That's really funny. Confident in my relationship. Yeah. Um, okay. So batch Batch breakdown, batch breakdown. If there's ever been an episode I've wanted to break down, it's been this one in particular girl. 
I yeah, let's let's it's eleven eleven. Make a wish. I wish okay. Michelle would change her choices. That's what I wish. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, let me just say this. Yay, they got to go to Mexico. Yeah. Uh, we left the country for a hot <laughs> a lovely second. country. <laughs> um, and then, like, the episode starts. She's having a little recap with Caitlin Bristow. You know, she's talking about how with Brandon, she has no concern. She's really confident in the relationship. He wears his heart on his sleeve, so she knows Which how he, does. he feels he about does her. With Yeah, yeah. He's very poetic. I was talking to Jordan about that last night. And I won't lie, at first, and similar to Michelle, I just thought he was a Mm -hmm. smooth talker. I was like, you have these canned lines, these canned responses that you just save in the back Mm -hmm. of your mind to, like, sprinkle Mm -hmm. on a woman whenever you decide to. And as I've gotten to know him and watch the show, it's like, okay, no, that's just the kind of language he uses. And um I'm not, I, I like it. Like I, I, I like yeah, that about me too. him, you know, it took me time to get used to, but I definitely me like too. that about I, him. I was having similar thoughts of appreciation because it just sort of was feeling like how refreshing is it to be with a partner that is really forthcoming about how they feel about you and what yeah. they love about you and, um, what types of visions they have for your future together. And a lot of that, a lot of that. Yeah can feel uncomfortable for us that are not used to that. Um, but when it is, mm. when it is expressed by someone that you like just as much, it can feel so securing and that's really important. Yes. Yeah. 100% knowing where you stand with someone, knowing how they think and feel about you huge. is huge. Um, and, and then she shares like her experience with Joe. She's like, we have a lot in common. We understand each other. Everything I've seen about him, I've loved, but it's taken me more time to see that from him. And, and then she talks about Nate. She's like, clearly he's a good looking guy. He has some depth. Um, but she does bring up her concern around his upbringing, not being filled with, I love yous. And it makes her wonder how he'd show up in a relationship, what that would be like. And if he's not ready. There was something really mm -hmm. important to me about that moment when she was saying, like, and and knowing how the rest of this episode goes, just with how like her dates go. Yep. Michelle was like, sort of like my biggest, she's basically saying without so many words, my biggest red flag is the fact that Nate hasn't said, I love you. And I don't know if he can. So therefore I don't know if he will. So for her, she had already sort of created this expectation for herself that However, this goes, if I hear I love you from Nate, I will be in. Stoked. And I think that that's a little bit of a dangerous. A hundred percent. Because words are cheap, baby. Words are cheap. And it felt like she was just looking for something to anchor and quell her fears. Yeah. And And to me, it's not just saying I love you. To me, what quells my fears is the vulnerability of being like, you're right. I am uncomfortable saying I love you. And I, and I can tell you that I don't know if I'll be able to get there in the next two weeks, but I'd rather answer you honestly than just tell you what you want to hear. So some foreshadowing there to come up for us to unpack. I want to, I want to name what you've just done there. That is, that is a very clear example of honoring your feelings 
your barriers, your particular challenges, not forcing mm -hmm. you to be any further, like towards what this person wants from you or, uh, yeah. more locked up than you, you may want to feel. And you don't have to change anything about how that situation makes you feel. All that Alex did there is allow some light to be shed on the internal like process. Um, that could be hard to yeah. uh, build language for, um, if you're new to exploring how that works for you personally, uh -huh. but to be able to rely on that as a skill allows you to just be exactly where you're, where you are and clear things up on your partner's end. Yeah. Yeah. And another option for like, you know, if you're struggling to articulate is just narrating what you are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So like what Nate could have done as well as like, all right, I might not be able to say those exact words to you, but let me tell you how I do feel yeah. about you. You know, I do envision a life with you. I do look forward to seeing you. And every time I leave seeing you, I just crave you more. And like, I really appreciate how we can laugh together. And I appreciate how we've had this uncom uncomfortable conversation or whatever needs to happen. But that is another way for Nate to be, to be able to quell her without just what's the word pleasing, yeah. appeasing, rushing, her. rushing you know to I mean? the, I love like, you. Yeah, rushing to it because you know that that's the golden right. ticket that she needs when it's like, no, dude, stay true to you and honor how you're right. feeling still. Right. So it's going to be interesting episode. But first, we have Brandon's one-on-one, mm -hmm. -on -one, who's not Brendan, <laughs> and Jordan and I are still trying to fix that as we watch the show. I think I hear other people okay. on the show struggle with that, but yeah, it is Brandon. I wonder where it came from because I'm usually it's like just, good no, with it's names. just hard to hear the name. It's just hard. Like 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 I'd mentioned a number of episodes yeah. ago, like Brendan and Brandon are hard to decipher. Ryan's and Brian's are hard to decipher, and it just is what it is. Language baby, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, also, can we, I have two side comments to make before okay, we unpack okay. Brandon's date. I have two. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, the guys sitting around the house being awkwardly silent together, like, <laughs> can we just like, okay, they don't decide to do this on their own accord. Like the producers are like, y'all need to sit your butts down on this couch together and pretend like you're doing this out of Absolutely. your own choice. When in reality... That never They happens, wanted to be you know? so far so, away from each other. As Joe said, oh my we went God. from bros yeah. to foes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, I feel like, God, give them a freaking break. Let them take care of themselves. Because let me tell you, I wouldn't want to be in the same room with two other chicks fighting over the same Ooh. guy with me. I would need to be doing my breath work and some meditating tapping. and taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, so tapping. Like, I would not have been able to just be like, how do yeah, I go? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> some shit would have... I, actually, because um, we know that that is so challenging, I do want to give these guys credit for being as respectful as they were in those moments for themselves, for each other, and for the people that know them that are watching the show. Because... Yeah. That had the opportunity to get ugly for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And Nate, Nate kind of did start to, some of the stuff he said eventually, I was like, bro, check yeah. yourself. But we'll get mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. that in a minute. Um, but the other side comment I had is this um, interesting 
catch I I saw where they are slowly but surely really trying to change fantasy suites to overnight dates. Why do you feel that way? I I think that they're trying to norm because like let's be real guys when we date people we do spend the night you know we do have slumber parties and that is a huge first step in a relationship mm-hmm. right it's normal to have an overnight date mm-hmm. but this concept of fantasy suite where it's like you know there's just like this extra layer and expectation of what it is I feel that it's a good thing that they're trying to like change the language around it but I do I am just kind of fascinated because it's also not normal to sleep or have overnight dates with three different people in consecutive nights either. Mm. So I just thought it was, that was it. I just had a note and I wanted to bring it up to chat with you about what you thought. I've had a lot of people (laughs) reach out to me since this episode aired on Tuesday about like, I'm sorry, three dates, three overnights in a row. And a lot of these people are like new to watching this type of show. So oh, yeah. they just like, have never seen it before. I, I want to, I want to remain the fact that like, we actually don't know if when the contestants are at this stage of the show, if it absolutely means that mm-hmm. they sleep with each other, unless they name that. 100%. So I, I know that they probably do, but I also just want to give people the benefit of the doubt that that doesn't necessarily yeah. guarantee that means that they fucked. Now, having no. said that, do I know that there's a lot of sexual tension that has been built up for the last couple of weeks and this is finally an opportunity to like have some alone time? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, but I also like it's, it's tricky because we open up this opportunity yeah. to, to slut shame someone like Michelle in this position to be like three people in a row when on the other side of things, like when it's Matt James or it's a male who's the bachelorette and he is like three overnights. Oh my God. Yeah. I I can tell you that I'm not going to get the same wave of text messages of like three girls in a row. Like, um, y'all know that that's probably pretty normal for your assumption of men, whether they deserve that or not. Yeah, so Jordan and I talked a lot about Mm -hmm. this last night, um, and it was a great conversation because (laughs) I, I, what I love about my boyfriend, I mean, I feel like I've shared (laughs) a lot, but he, if given the opportunity and the right question to take perspective, Mm -hmm. he will. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate Mm -hmm. that about him. And Jordan was like, I wouldn't be able to do this if I was one of these guys. And he alluded to Katie's season. He's like, I would do what Greg did. I would be like, I know how I feel about you. I really care, you know? Mm. And so is it necessary for you to bang all of us? But then I was like, but babe, what would you do if you were the one dating three chicks? And you and I know Jordan, I know how important sexuality mm. is to him and like a good mm-hmm. sex life. So he was like, you're right. If I if I held all the power, 100 percent, I would take advantage of that and experience that with everyone, because that is a huge part right. of a relationship with, for me. And so he's like, it's 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 fair and it's not fair at the same time, because it's like, of course, it's it's a it's a concern. You don't want the person that you're falling in love with doing other yeah. people you know, nonetheless making out or spending time with other people. But at the same time, if you're the one looking for your forever person, for a lot of people, that is something they want to explore before they get Absolutely. I think we have to name the the specific circumstances of this show. While, of course, it is quite normal to 
be trying to look for a serious long-term partner and be having sex with a number of people at the same rate um, to be able to experience. And that's a very personal and private decision that you get to make for yourself and maybe with trusted people that aren't included in that sex rotation. So, however, (laughs) this is a very specific circumstance where this is, if you get to this level, this is what you've signed up for. And I know that that sounds a little bit dejected, yeah. but I really feel like no. that is that is what what we are up against in this moment, which is there's going to be three different opportunities for overnights, formerly known as fantasy suites. And I think that, of course, Michelle doesn't have to offer that to everyone. And a lot of times you don't. No. But it's likely that all three people are going to get this opportunity, which means that there is an increased chance that all three people are going to have this opportunity to have a close, intimate evening with your girl. So you better yeah. pull on your maturity pants and tighten, tighten, yes. like <laughs> lace them up, belt it up and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And be confident in like, yeah. what you have. It's, it's a interesting dynamic to say the, the least. And I am not envious of anyone who oh has my to God. sit here and do okay. this because there's a reason <laughs> I wouldn't sign up for this show. No, I wouldn't. I, it would probably bring out my I think worst it would trigger qualities. you. I think it would trigger you. Like, I think it would do that. Oh, my God. 100% it would trigger <laughs> yeah. me. I would either be so detached and, like, over there, like, you know, doing my own thing. <laughs> like, I don't care. I don't want to talk to anyone. Or it's going to be the complete opposite where Alex is, like, in a corner, like. Shaking. Trust the process. <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> oh i love that we can laugh about this it's really important that we can (laughs) yeah so for all of you who don't watch our our show um i just went i did a trust the process mantra while she's tapping um, yeah comedic comedic effect ease the nervous system ease the nervous system (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um brandon okay his date thank you (laughs) thank you is my first note the thing, that, the thing that I really appreciated, <laughs> we truly have the giggles today. <laughs> the thing that I appreciated about Brandon State is it felt like very based in what uh, would be real and normal about um, two people outside of a bachelor season dating scenario, where as they just met each other's parents and now the next time that they see each other, though they happen yeah. to be in this very romantic location in Puerto Vallarta, they are, they are at least, they're like, so we met each other's parents. How'd that go? (laughs) How'd that go? You know, (laughs) Alex can't get it together. I can't. You had such a good Spanish accent there. Double L's. Don't fuck with me on those double L's. So, (sighs) so they, they're like coming together. They are like talking about what it was like to uh, meet each other's parents and what oh that God, did for them. Yeah. And like, oh my God, it put me in a place where I was like, I was remembering like introducing like a really important person to my parents and us talking about it and us exchanging. I love in that being like a very close, intimate moment. Yeah. So like, I love that they have had that. Yeah. They had a really good evening where they just continued yes. to share how they felt about each other, continued to sort of put out this really good, positive, energy but honest energy about what they saw in each other and for each other and then they were really playful and it sort of played up this 
this priority for Michelle, which is to be with someone that feels like a a very close friend. Good vibes. Yeah, totally. So yeah, really, really good vibes. Um, I, uh, going back to what you said about the family, you know, Brandon makes a comment about how, you know, she got along with them. And then that made me remember, oh yeah, Michelle, this was the dad that Michelle was like, let's go fishing together. And it was a very great connection that they shared as well. Um, yeah, you know, Brandon, I, I have, he's grown on me over these last few episodes a lot, um, to the point to where I was like last week where I said, I think it's going to be between Brandon and Joe and she's going to pick Joe in while watching this. I was, I know, I know. Cause we know what happens, but while watching this, I was like, Oh, maybe no Brandon, like maybe she should mm-hmm. be Brandon. So I kind of had a flip here because I got to see, um, more of Brandon's depth and like in the dinner date when he was pouring his heart and soul out to her, I was kind of watching his head movements and like his eyes were super dilated, which is like, it's not a 100%. No, I'm so I'm so excited to hear what you're going to (laughs) say. Oh, oh yeah. So, so the saying goes and for anyone who might not know this, like if your pupil, your pupils dilate when you're looking at something you love or adore and, and all of that. And so, um, with, and it's not, 100% 100% accurate because it also can be, if you have a lot of light in your face, your pupils mm. will shrink. So it's like not a 100% yeah. guaranteed, but in this moment it was evening. Yes, there were yeah. lights on. It wasn't that dark. But my point is, is like, as he was confessing his love for her, his eyes were like mm. very much dilated and just like obsessed. Yeah. Just staring at her with very, and that's dog so eyes. clear in the context um, of Brandon and Michelle, so it's so clear that he like, L O V E is her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm really confident in how he feels about her. There's, there's one part so, of, um, yeah. her date with Brandon that I wanted to highlight that he had mentioned. Uh, I actually don't remember oh, yeah. at what point in this, uh, date it was, but maybe you will, that he expressed a personal worry that he wouldn't be enough for her. Um, And Mm. I, the reason why I wanted to highlight that is because we all come into new relationships with a, with our own personal baggage and more specifically like a core belief that we have about ourselves that is likely, uh, we believe has been reinforced in previous relationships. And I really find it to be our Uh personal, not your partner's responsibility, our personal responsibility for acknowledging that core belief, uh, damaging as it may be to allow it to not repeat itself in your history relationship after relationship. And for an example with Brandon, when he's like, I don't want to be enough. What he's saying is I has, I have always felt (coughs) insufficient in my relationships. I have never Mm -hmm. felt enough. I have never felt chosen. And when we, when we continue to, operate in our relationships with that in mind, we will continue to find evidence that we believe reinforces that. And so it's really hard for the other, the other person, your partner to hear that because it's not going to be enough for them to just say, baby, you are enough, right? You are enough. Exactly. (laughs) Like uh, you are enough in all of these ways, because that is something that is rooted within you that you honestly, you, you cannot put on your other person. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up because if I'm being honest, that I completely mm. missed that. I must have been taking my thumbs were <laughs> clacking away and I missed it. Um, because yeah, 100. It's it's your partner will not ever 100 be able to satisfy your needs completely and and calm all of your insecurities. You gotta do that. It is your mm-hmm. responsibility first mm-hmm. and foremost. And the analogy I always use is like, your partner's the icing on the cake, not the yes. cake itself of your life, right? And so it's just like, I didn't I didn't notice that. If I was going to say anything like, okay, Brandon, we have some inner work to do on like self-love yeah. and self-confidence um, because I, I totally, yeah. I missed that. But yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because you're right. There's nothing that your partner can say or do to make that magically right. disappear. Um, so you got to find your worth from within because guess what, baby, you are worthy because you're the only version of you that will ever exist. So be honest with yourself. If you have things to work on, we all do. We all do constantly. We're a constant work in progress. So it's like, you know, hold yourself accountable, but that doesn't mean that you're not worthy or that you're not enough for somebody. And you can do that while continuing to be in a relationship. I don't think that you necessarily have to be like, oh Oh my God, I got to get out of my relationship and work on this part of myself that feels so insecure that I feel unworthy. No, No, work on it within your, while you continue your relationship, but don't make this your partner's uh, responsibility to fix. You will want to start by no longer allowing for that language to come out of your mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and yes. start challenging it and pay attention to the head yeah, trash, you have. Head trash. Yeah. clear your head trash in a relationship yeah 100 percent. you can because let me tell you new level new devil Ooh. so as your relationship grows it's gonna show up in other ways and i yesterday i had a moment i had a moment where i was like oh my god i'm such a horrible girlfriend i need to give up and jordan was like what Yeah. Yeah. And I literally shared my experience. I was like, I'm feeling this way, even though logically I know this, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So let me head back to my inner work closet and revisit that because that is it. That is that, you know, and same with Jordan, all of us, we all have insecurities that as things progress, they show up in different ways because once you've mitigated it in one area, that doesn't mean it won't translate Mm -hmm. to another area. That's right. All right. Joe. Joe. Minnesota Joe. Minnesota Joe. Oh, man. Okay. What was interesting about Minnesota Joe's date is that things uh, were obviously like status quo. They were good. Michelle and Joe had a great time. I feel like the most common things that show up in Michelle and Joe's dates, their time spent together is Joe is quiet. Michelle is inquisitive. Joe gets himself to a place of honesty and vulnerability in his little Joe package. Uh, They have a good time together. They have a lot in common and they do facilitate a deeper bond, even if it like goes at smaller incremental levels compared to some of the other relationships that she has. Something that stood out to me in their entire date that they spent together was when they were having their dinner date portion of it. And they were talking about what, how they, what they both want for their futures in a relationship. And specifically they were talking about like, they really want to be change agents in their communities, which is amazing. And I, and I find that Mm -hmm. to be really incredible to find two people 
that both want to do that, that actually yes. come from the same community. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I yeah. find that to be such an <clears throat> underappreciated shared value. If you find oh my that God, in, yes. in a partner that you also want to boink, oh, get yeah. after it. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. You know, Joe, I, I'm i really proud of Joe. I've seen mm. Joe grow. I've seen Joe grow on this, on this journey. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, am really proud with how um, confident he is with talking about... This is what I wrote. I said, Joe, I feel is finally coming out of his Mm. shell. He seemed so intentional and more articulate and confident in his tone. So I wrote, go, Joe, Mm -hmm. go. Um, And going back off of what you said about work, uh, you know, changing the world and having a similar end goal in mind Mm -hmm. with your partner and how you can make an impact, even if it's collaborative or not. I agree with you. Like the higher, you know, like, um, our hierarchy right. of needs or whatever, like when it comes to a, a relationship, that is something that people who study like long-term successful mm-hmm. relationships, they say that healthy relationships have is the collaborative piece is the ability to be like, what do, what's our personal mission for this world? And like, let's go after it together. Right. Um, and so I agree. Like, I think I don't, I, I agree. I think that is a value that went under the radar and was not appreciated as much as it could have potentially been. Um, and then she does express how like she's super happy to see his goofy mm-hmm. side and him be more vocal and things like that. And even after their um, overnight segment, she said like being able to see Joe with the cameras off and see him become more playful and more um talkative and things like that was huge for her. And she even admitted, like, it does make my decision more difficult, which when she said that, Brie, I literally wrote, not sure if that confirms she changed her mind because the verbiage of it was like, oh yeah, that makes my choice more difficult, but that doesn't mean that that swayed her mind. Totally. So I thought that was interesting choice of words in a moment. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, um, nah. It's tough. What's tough about yeah. this is like, I, I I loved what she said about the access that she had to this person when cameras were off. And that's why I think that even if we're yeah. removing the high potential, high likelihood of sex happening in these overnights, in these fantasy suites, the opportunity mm. to have cameras turned off, gone away, um, and just be together yeah. and have that opportunity to actually maybe maybe for the first time really see each other as two regular people that are not on this really weird dating show. I I I sort yeah. of I guess what I want what I wanted was for Michelle to be like and this is what I have to look forward to, like this version of this person that I didn't get yeah. to see because <clears throat> The pressure of being on for cameras and being watched by your family and friends plus millions of other people is fucking chaotic. <laughs> that that has the yeah. impact of making anyone present a little bit differently. Oh, absolutely. Mm. So, um, 
Yep. <laughs> she reassured him. I thought it was interesting how she reassured him over breakfast. She said multiple times, you know, I appreciate you pushing through your shy side. If it is us in the end, like she said a lot of things to kind of let him know that she notices his growth and is like supportive of that and grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and so now this is where like the show kind of gets interesting because, um, going back to the to the quote unquote house where the guys are put like staying um nate starts to talk to brandon about how if he was the bachelor he would save his best connection for last in the lineup of dates um and i lost a little bit of respect for nate there because i felt like it was too be hurtful like um, because Brandon was kind of sharing, you know, yeah, we had a great time and like, it's really hard for me to be here while Joe is out, you know, with, yeah. with her, because like, that's in my mind, like, that's my wife. That's yeah. my girl. That's yeah. my girlfriend. And Nate seemed a little dismissive, um, with this like toxic confidence yeah. kind of in a way where he's like, I'm solid in how we feel about each other. I've only been focused on us this whole time. I'm going to keep focusing on us. Cause that's what worked. And it just didn't sit well with me. It felt, um, it felt honestly kind of fake. I feel I like agree. internally he yeah, was, I was gonna out. S- and he was putting on a I front was, to try. I noticed and, the same thing. I was going to yeah. say the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to say the least. Um, when Joe comes back from his date with Michelle and says it went well, both Nate and Brandon have a moment where they're just deer in headlights. It was awkward. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah. I wanted to run away. I bet they all wanted to run away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and Brandon kind of admits that, you know, Nate's lack of nerves may be a sign of his lack of love for Michelle, or at least the seriousness, seriousness in which, you know, the show kind of demands of the relationship because it ends in an engagement. Mm -hmm. Um. And so I just wanted to know, like, what did you, what did you think of that? Like Nate kind of making that assumption. Yeah. I thought like just a general, how he behaved in this, like, yeah. Yeah. Pressure cooker moment, moment where he, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way that you do that. I felt like it was an absolute overcompensation for the fact that he was probably feeling a bit insecure and I think mm-hmm. Nate has shown consistently in his behavior that, and sometimes it really works for him, that when in doubt, dig your right. heels into your real or imagined confidence. And that yeah. way it p- creates this guarded wall that no one can argue with because no one's going to argue with you, dude. Like these are some mature dudes that we've got in a room together. So no one's going to go toe to toe with you about how strong your connection is with Michelle. Like right. you're clearly trying to convince yourself of that, which I, I do think that they have a strong connection, but I think Me that too. there are flaws and, and on like just some, just some challenges that have not been discussed yep. yet that would make two people feel like, okay, I know that we're attracted to each other. I know that we really like each other, but obviously like there's some stuff I can kind of feel that there's some stuff we haven't really been able to talk about it. And now I'm in this situation where I'm literally watching and being confronted with the fact that there are other people here that have 
just as strong of a connection as I do and are getting access to a person that I only want that access to. Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's just how he deals with it. Yeah. I feel like this is a sign of what you and I, this is more of a sign of what you and I were kind of talking about mm. last week with the, um, you know, when we're, when we grow up in a home where there is a lack of affection and there's a lack, a lack of expressing mm -hmm. emotions, that's what this can turn mm -hmm. into here. And so I feel that Nate is uncomfortable feeling his emotions. So he puts on this Interesting. front and, and this is, this is exactly why you and I were like screaming last week, like Michelle, you need to pull in for this chat, because let me tell you, if he's uncomfortable feeling nerves, if he's uncomfortable confronting his own anxiety, what makes you think he's going to feel comfortable being vulnerable and being like, Michelle, I love you so much. And I want it to be us in the end. And like, I totally right. Deep like, come on. I think that that's so, and so important to name. I totally agree. Yeah. So it's, you know, when we talk about there are men out there who are comfortable sharing their emotions, who are comfortable expressing. Look at look at the dynamic with Brandon and Joe. Both of them were like, I'm freaking out. This is uncomfortable. My mind's telling me this and I'm just trying to do this. And like they're admitting it, whereas Nate's like puffing his chest out like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Keeping my blinders right. on. I'm good. I'm good. When really that at some point is going to be his yes. downfall. I can call it at some point it'll be his downfall because you are lying mm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean, and, and we don't know in what way that's going to show up, but at some point Nate's going to need to learn how to feel and be, feel and comfortable. I think he can, feeling. but he's just like, he's just not, he's just, <laughs> he's he doesn't just know how starting to get to this place where he's getting, he's taking opportunities to, try that on. So he's a lot more learning yeah. and growing to do. And I'm excited for him personally on that journey, yeah. but I don't love that it is putting some other people at risk right here, right now. Yeah. Agreed. So Nate gets on, goes on mm -hmm. his date now. Oh yeah, that's right. And Michelle shows up on a boat. Michelle shows up on a boat, which I don't know why that moment when she was like, hands in the air like ha it, it sent me into an tenfold giggle fest an absolute oh giggle God, fest so i thought funny. it was so funny it was so corny anyway they have this like boat date uh michelle does seem like she's trying to confront some of the fears that she's having but mm -hmm. to, but if i'm going to be totally honest based on what we've seen about seen from Michelle and the ways in which she has been able to express herself and name what is on her mind. I feel that she feels entirely, I think that she feels pretty intimidated by at, at the idea of losing this strong connection that she feels with Nate, which I can see holds her back from just putting her dick on the table. Like put yeah. your dick on the table and yeah. say, and say what you mean, because she gave far too many opportunities for him to assess what he, what she wanted to hear and fulfill that role. And I don't think that he wasn't, I don't think that he was being dishonest. I just think that his uh, emotional maturity is limited and, and just sort of said what he needed to say. And she's really looking just to hear what she wants to hear. Yeah. Um, 
and going off of that, like Michelle, she said something really interesting. She was like, I feel how I'm supposed to feel when you're with your soulmate. And so my question is, and what is that supposed to feel feeling yeah. feel like? Define that for me. Because this is, and this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, this concept of soulmate love yeah. and like how it's portrayed in Hollywood and how it's supposed to feel to Hollywood standards. You know what I mean? Because we look at the makeout scene of the notebook in the rain and they're like, almost angry making out and she jumps into his arms and it's like they're ripping each other's clothes off and it's like this raw primal if that's what you think how you're supposed to feel with your soulmate connection i challenge you to ask if that's soulmate love or if that's just lust and infatuation because yep. passion and 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 you know feeling your downstairs <laughs> tingle and all of that is easy to find having someone who is like, this is going to be a challenge for us, but I care about you enough yeah. to navigate it. That's what real long-term yeah. love feels like. And it's not a sexy no. answer. We all want the notebook feeling 24-7. Yeah. It is not yeah. real life. I still... So that was concerning. I agree. And this is like, she's not having the conversation that we have been trying to coach her to have. No, no. <laughs> yeah. She needs to. She better freaking have it before next week, dude. No, I'm tripping. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I, I'm gonna upset. tell you right now. She's not having it. She's not gonna have it. No, she's, she's not gonna not have it. it. And she would. Yeah, had she would have had week. it this week. And she found small opportunities. Like the the next morning, Nate tells her that he loves her, and she says, "When the cameras were down, Nate and I." Um, just talked about how we feel about each other and the love that we have for each other. And he told me he loves me and I love this man. I love this man. That is the only person on this episode that she said, she said I love this mm -hmm. man. So I know that she is absolutely smitten and mm -hmm. him giving her an inch of what she was looking for was like enough to, to again, silence some of those fears that she was having. So they're right now in this particular moment where we've left off with her, she doesn't feel like she needs to have a conversation with him because she feels like she got what she needed. But I'm going to tell you right now, as an informed, objective audience False. member, you didn't, you did not. And yeah. I, do, I still want to reserve no. the fact that like, it is possible for her to have this incredibly chem, incredible chemistry, sexually charged connection with a person that you fancy the fuck out of and you believe that you have this like friendship quality and this playful quality and this yeah. opportunity to like grow together as a successful long-term couple but like you said the unsexy answer is you have to address the challenges that you face the fears that you have and see if it's something that the two of you can try to tackle as as a yeah. team and you can have that, but you can't be so fucking afraid of it. No. And let's talk about this because I, I feel a lot of people misinterpret the spark or chemistry when it's really anxiety mm -hmm. because Nate has this mysterious, he's the only one that hasn't bore all to her. And I think that in that's like, oh, that's I haven't figured yeah. you out yet, which makes it more yep. exciting because you're like on this private eye investigation yep. of like, who is Hard to Nate? Get. What mm -hmm. can I get out of Nate today? Yes. And so I truly, and this 
ladies listening to this, this is a time for you to turn in because this is something I talk to clients about with all of the time is you need to be able to tell the difference in your body and in your brain between that, like I'm severely attracted to this person because they're mysterious and they're not giving me all of the answers. So that makes me want to spend a little more time with them, talk to Mm -hmm. them a little bit more, right? Whereas someone who shows up like Joe or Brandon is like, you are my queen. I love you. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. And I love our friendship. And I love that we can play. Like they're telling you all this. And yet she has not said, I love you to any of them, but said it to Nate. And so this is why I'm doing what I freaking do, because I can guarantee you that that is not true in-depth love. It is a emotional attachment to this idea of what soulmate Mm. love feels like. And it's this exciting, lustful quality when it's not. And I, and, and, and so just please ladies watch, go back and watch it again if you need to, but like pay attention when she asks him more directly on like, I've heard from everybody else that they can get engaged. It's a resounding yes. And you're the only person I haven't heard it from. Do you feel like you can get there? And this is what he says. Most definitely, I don't see myself running away. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm, yes, yes. Quoted, I ran it back five times because I was like, he didn't just say that. He did. He said, I don't see myself running away. I am sorry, ladies, but if you have a guy that you're supposedly getting engaged with in 14-ish days and they tell you, I don't see myself running away, that is not a confident yeah, even answer. Yeah, if, even if it's delivered for the sake of humor, it's an opportunity to uh, avoid uh, an uncomfortable truth. Yeah. That I don't think that Nate has fully and consented so- himself. No, but that's what I'm saying is like this guy doesn't know which way is yeah. up with like what's what's really happening right now. I don't think the reality of the situation has sunk in and I don't think I don't think he knows what he's looking for. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't I feel like Nate shouldn't be on this show right now because I think he has a lot of personal development and getting to know himself and left if, to do. And if if um, Michelle was tuned in to all of these red and yellow flags, she would have either called it so that they could have talked about it, or she would have seen it from a mile away and been like, this isn't going to be good for me. Let me, let me reserve the spot that he will inevitably take up with someone who is ready to be here. But she is, and with, and she's caught up and I I know he is fine. He's fine. Yeah. And that's why. That's why it's, it, she is severely attracted to him and guys, that doesn't, that doesn't. And I also want to say this, you are allowed to be severely attracted to someone Mm -hmm. you love. You are, and make sure that that part, that person is as wildly attracted Mm -hmm. to you and as invested in you as you are Mm -hmm. in them. You know, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing that she wants to hop on that (laughs) pony and like do her Mm -mm. thing. But (laughs) what is concerning is that that lust, that severe attraction to him is getting in the way of her logical brain with having the conversations she needs to have. And this is, this is a big issue within relationships because looks fade, baby, but a person's character and how they love on you is going to be the secret yeah. sauce and yeah. having the relationship continue. I can tell you right now that should they decide to continue to be together, she will see Nate 
show other indirect, and I mean that, indirect signs of his discomfort with the fast approaching ever long commitment. And he will, that that's when we see people behave poorly. Um, and I say poorly because I just mean out of line with what should be the standards for your monogamous agreement with each other. That's, that's what happens. Like when, when people are like, why did they cheat? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? There's these underlying, there's these underlying, uh, intrinsic motivations that are supporting why someone is just like not ready for this thing that they maybe want intellectually want, but like, aren't there for right. yet. Yeah. I don't even think I'm there for, I'm yeah. not ready. Like I'm a relationship coach and I d- not, you know, that does not mean that I know everything about relationships. Trust me, guys, I still have stuff to learn. But my point is, is like, I've spent a lot of time unpacking after a divorce and mm. after going through what I've been through dating, like your girl is like committed <laughs> to having the hard mm-hmm. conversations because I don't want to mm-hmm. go through that again. I don't want anyone yeah. to go through that again. And so it's worth it. And you owe your future self that opportunity mm-hmm. to have and explore all of these conversations and dynamics. Here's the other thing that Nate really freaked me out about Nate at the end, yeah. right? Is he said, um, or well, I said, I don't feel like he's ready because he says, and I quote in his confessional the morning after, this could be my person. And that was right after he just said to her, he's in love with her. And then he flips again and says, that's my girl. So it's like. Which one is it? Is she, which one is it, Nate? Is she like, your girl? Could she be your girl? Is she? Or is she? Yeah. That's really <laughs> yeah. interesting. Um. Yeah, because it's like, again, we got to pay attention to the words that are coming out of someone's mouth and also what they aren't saying. And the truth in Nate's brain and in his heart is he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. And you know what? I don't blame the dude. I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to get engaged eight weeks after Me dating neither. 30 people. And how much one-on-one time like have you five truly days. had? Probably three, three or four yeah. one-on-ones. Yeah. And one yeah. sleepover. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm stressed out right now. Knees are bouncing. Uh, palms are sweating. Uh, yeah. 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 It's tough. I, I have a question because so... Before we started recording, you were like, this might be the first time that we seriously argue about how we felt about what went down. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did we? And we're not, (laughs) thankfully. No, no. But I will say this. If I'm being completely transparent, Nate gives me serious fuckboy vibes. Like, I don't trust him. Can I make make an, uh, an example of myself here in this moment? Okay, so for you and me and anyone else who's been on our podcast journey so far, obviously we all know that I would fuck Nate. Sorry, if anyone of my family are listening. (laughs) You said she could get on that pony. I'm waiting for a ticket to get on that pony. But I think, I think, so you are totally right. He has major, (laughs) major fuckboy vibes. And I am sick. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sick. And this is a this is a pattern. This is a pattern that I tend to find myself in is to is to be attracted to um, people that have this a little bit of a challenging quality about them, not fully ready mm-hmm. because for some reason that is just like like hot. It's hot, but it is but it is challenging and very 
counterproductive for what I have continued to work really hard to be familiar with. What are my relationship goals? What are the things that I actually see for myself? So I'm using an example of myself to say like, it is okay, as you mentioned, to be attracted to this person. It's okay to be like, that's what like gets me going. But if I continue to work towards dating people that fall under this category, that are not just like look like fuckboys, like have behavior, like fuckboy behavior. Right. Fuckboy behavior. behavior. Yeah. I will continue to find myself in the same position, right? So let this be a yeah. lesson mm-hmm. for me and Michelle that if you try to marry the fuckboy, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. And yeah. And in maybe the good way, yeah. but also maybe, the probably bad way. both. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Nate, man. Um, so here's the deal. I the other thing that I saw with Nate and his body language during the rose ceremony that the ceremony that really rubbed rubbed me the wrong way was this hand posture at my waist. I also didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's dominance. It's posturing. It's like it's it's. So there's two things um, to notice here, guys, about um, our hands. Our hands are lethal weapons, right? Like back in the day before we had guns and stuff, we would attack people with rocks Mm. and spears and our own bare hands, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know? And so in, in, um, the science says that when we show our hands, we allow the other person to relax and know that we're not a threat, which is why we have the good old handshake. Mm. That is why it is a introductory behavior or posture to take because you are leading with your hand to say i'm safe Mm, right interesting it's also why it's also why if you watch um like certain creators you'll most likely gravitate towards people who have their hands somewhat visible in your tiktoks because it's really scary to watch just this right like you want to so it's 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 really interesting how we are wired as humans but this the lineup of them was so funny because both Brandon and Joe had their hands crossed in front of their mm-hmm. crotch, right? Like normal, just standing there. Also, waiting, like it's still maybe, great. Maybe you know, you can see their hands. Maybe protecting their most sensitive yeah. area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, a posture of that of like, okay, this is uncomfortable, yeah. but I'm here, right? And then you have Nate standing with his fingertips placed together, you know, elbows bent at 90 Mm -hmm. degrees, thumb in front of the belly button Mm -hmm. at mid waist. And his legs were separated more Mm -hmm. than the other men. If you go back and look at it. That is more of a dominant. Which is all, mm -hmm. yeah, he is, he is gloating with confidence, right? I don't know what he's faking it, but but this is his way of establishing that. That is that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He is trying to say, I am alpha male. I can do no wrong. I am here. You want me. You see me. That is what this posture is saying. Um, And so I just thought that was like an interesting note um, to catch because I haven't seen him stand like that in the past. And I feel like, again, there are some insecurities that Nate is like, oh, my God, how do I stack up between these two guys? And so in in his way of trying to navigate that is overly... And what's, what's yeah. interesting is Full that alpha. when he gets his name called, there is almost this, mm-hmm. if if you blinked, you missed it, but this brief moment of yeah, shock I and awe, missed. and then turns fully into, yep, that's what I expected. Mm-hmm. Love it. I love mm-hmm. that you noticed that. Yeah, I I will say I didn't see that. I saw the swagger he had mm-hmm. walking back. Yeah, which it, really was me. it was disrespectful. It was disrespectful. 
Yeah. It's a small group of guys, yeah, and these are um, guys that you have built uh, considerable connections and with. And you know. Yeah. This hurts. You know that when your name got called and you got a rose, they're both exactly. shit in their pants right now because they don't know which one exactly. of them is going home. So it's like, come on, yeah. be courteous. Sore loser. You know? I mean, sore winner. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then Brandon um, pulls her for the chat. And I was so disappointed. What did disappointed you think about here. that? Can you tell? Oh, <laughs> it killed me. I thought he was doing it to share his concerns about Nate. And so at first I was like, you know what? I have a lot of respect for Brandon because he knows that this could send him mm. home. And I thought that's why, cause I thought he was just going to be like, look, I just, I'm just concerned because I, I want to have your best interest in mind. I told you I'd have your best mm. interest in mind coming into this. Cause that was basically the language he was using, yeah. you know, like you will always, you know, I want to put you first. I told you I was going to put you first, no matter where we stood. Yeah. So I thought he was going there with it. And then it wasn't. It was just to be like, and I love you. <laughs> um, um, so, so I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was probably the one time where I, like, really talked back to the TV um, because uh, it didn't. It didn't it hit. It was like. Well, so. Yeah. So we have a moment where we get a glimpse of Nate's take on that moment on Brandon pulling Michelle before the oh, uh, yeah. rose ceremony mm -hmm. begins. And he was, he was pissed. pissed and his, his understanding of what was happening was this is Brandon's final attempt to like stake his claim yeah. and, and solidify his place. And he's trying to make sure he's trying to, he's trying to get desperate to like, let her know, like he's, he's there for her. And that way she feels like, okay, I, I got to keep this person around. My question to you is, do you think that that's what he was trying to do? Yeah, I think he was trying to self-soothe mm. himself. I think he went first and had a great fucking time and knows what they shared and then had to sit there and watch two men go out the door, supposedly banger, and come right. back and then another one. Like, that's really exhausting. And so it probably, the last 72 hours to him probably feels like an eternity and... I think looking back on it, Brandon was just like, I want to connect with her. I want to feel mm -hmm. her. You know, I want to like calm myself. Um, and I think he also did it to see how she responded to him because if she was going to send him, he, home, she was going to do it he there. Probably would have wanted to, to be done. Yeah. I think oh, that was, I it. see you. He was trying to get it. Like if it was going to happen, he would have wanted to get ahead of it so that he could like, she could have that conversation with him. I, I did have this moment and yeah. I apologize for interrupting, but I did have this moment where I thought no, that good. when he pulled her, if she had decided in that moment that Brandon was going to go home, which I really, my prediction was Brandon was going to go home and it was going to be Nate and Joe left. Um, I, I thought that he, I thought that if she had made that decision and Brandon was going to go, that she would have actually taken that opportunity and broken up with him right then and there. Agreed. Yeah. And I think Brandon yeah. knew that. And so I think that's what he was kind of trying gotcha. to do. One self-soothe and two, it was like, uh, if she is going to send me home, I can do this privately. It doesn't need to be this yeah. big thing. And then Joe goes home, oh, which I... What's your take? What's your take? I'm not worried about it. He's going to get swept up yeah. by some good girl. Um, 
And I get why. Like, I I think Michelle really wants someone that can be goofy with Mm -hmm. her and, like, kind of similar to me. And I get it. Like, I couldn't be with a Joe. Like, I would rather be with a Joe than a Nate, hands down. And I would, because I think that the values that Joe brings to the table are way more important to me than some of the things that, or the things that Nate lacks, right? Um, But... You know, I'm not worried about it. I understand why Michelle did it. I was angry because I feel if anyone has a right to be there, it's Joe and Brandon. I don't feel like Nate has a... And I mean, this is a big call for me to make. I don't feel like Nate's ready, so I don't feel like he has a spot at this table or should have a spot at this table because he just has some work to do. And I think she's setting herself up for failure if she does not confront the things that you and I are saying and just chooses to listen to her cooch, (laughs) you know, about this relationship. So, and I, and I say that in a crass, like comedic way, but it's, there is some, yeah, I think that, I think that, what about you? I think that the decision to let Joe go is, uh, is a symptom of what a lot of us suffer, which is like what we were talking about, this misunderstanding of what soulmate love is supposed to feel like i think that we tend to neglect the safer bet and that doesn't necessarily mean that like you you should be with the person that feels safe i just think that we should consider that a long-term healthy relationship might be with the person that you don't expect and not necessarily the person that like sets your loins on fire like Yeah, let like allow yourself to consider that what may sound like the boring option is actually a person Mm -hmm. who's going to give you what you're looking for. And you will also learn how to love giving that to them, too. But I I can't argue with a person. Yeah, (laughs) I want us to play fuck, Mary kill with these three players let's do it my answer the thing is i'm not gonna say my answer yet but like the thing is is that i i can't argue with someone who is just like i just don't feel it i just don't see it like you said like if you can't be someone with someone like joe that's like quiet reserved and brings like the energy to like a like a softer place then maybe you're gonna feel that you're always missing high energy love um and I, I can't right. argue with people that feel that way because I, I sort of feel that way. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that, she, I think that she let him go too soon, even though we're this late in the game. I think she let him go I do too, too soon. Yeah. I think there was a lot there. And I think that, you know, cause she did make a comment, like, I love everything I've seen about hit Joe. It just, t- it's taken me a while to see those things. Um, I feel like, if Michelle wanted to see more, she could have asked for it and Joe would have totally. met her there. I think she, I, I think, and maybe she got tired of me wanting to pull it out of him. Also yeah. valid. Also valid. I had this thought, I had this <laughs> thought of like, I could not possibly be in Michelle's position, full stop. And I cannot be in Michelle's position and go through this and not have access to my to my best friends. Like, I don't think that I could do oh this my God. because I need my friends to be able to call me out and be like, Brianna, aren't you running away from this a little bit quick? That would have been me on a exactly. megaphone. <laughs> I know you think Nate's going to pull for the shot, bitch. You're scared. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Oh, I would have been the probably the worst friend you could have had with you on that. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. I would have been the great. I would have been a hard ass. I would have been like, let's sit down. Can you I talk and to a very <laughs> small list of people would have been hard for me to have, but necessary for me to have to be able to be like, you know, we, we've, we've seen this before. <laughs> And it would save me. It's 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 still it saves me in my real life outside of a televised show. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Fuck Mary Kill. Word. Joe, Brandon, <sighs> Nate. Do I have to use Nate? Because I don't want to use him at all. Um I guess I would say I would say fuck. If I had to put Nate somewhere. Why wouldn't it would be, be a kill? Why wouldn't it be kill? Fuck. Oh fuck yeah, Mary kill. <laughs> kill Nate. I forgot about that option. I forgot about Such that Such a option. wholesome person. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Mary. Kill. Got Nate, you. Joe. Yeah, so Brandon. I would kill Nate. Sorry. Rest in peace. Um, and I, you're still very valuable yeah. as an individual. I just yeah. could not do either of the other things with you. Um, so, yeah, I would <laughs> kill Nate. I can't believe I forgot that that was yeah. an option. Goes to show where my mind's at this morning. Um, I'm still on the giggles. Um Mary and fuck. Okay, wait. Let me think about this and what I've seen. This one's really challenging. Mm -hmm. I know. I think I would marry Brandon mm -hmm. and fuck Joe. I love that for you. And that's a that's a hard that's a hard um which is weird because I'm more attracted yeah. to Joe yeah. than I am Brandon, one hundred percent. hence hence the fuck. But like I said, yeah, and and like I said, you know, I I do value having a playful. I do value having someone who's playful. I don't know if I would be always okay with Brandon's poeticism, just because sometimes I'm not the girl that necessarily likes to be loved on in that way with lots yeah. of words. Um, but yeah, that's my short answer. It's a good one. I can't take these no. games lightly. It's, it's too much for me. <laughs> and a disclaimer: we haven't. We do not we do not want to kill anyone, but for the purpose of this game, this no. imaginary game, we have yes. to. Okay. Um my fuck Mary Kill decisions are I would I would fuck Nate because I am wise, but I am no not healed. Wildly. I am not healed. <laughs> so I love I'd it. Fuck Nate. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Have fun. <laughs> I would marry Brandon. And I would kill Joe, which I don't like. I don't actually want to kill him. I just I think it. that I would be bored. E. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get mm -hmm. it. Um, well, that yeah, was fun. It was, uh, stressful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have a red flag? Green I flag sure do. My red flag is picking Nate. That's my red flag. <laughs> Yeah, my red flag was Michelle not pulling Nate yeah. for a chat, like a yeah. serious, and like getting the answers that she needs from yeah. him to make a logical decision yeah. as much as an emotional. The general decision. red flag yeah. is her ignoring, her ignoring herself, herself. and 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 like <laughs> really like finding the courage to like put the put the connection at risk to get the information that you need before you make this game changer life decision facts yep okay what's your green flag joe's growth being able to express his feelings and being appreciative for the process mm, even though he's yes. going home um 
he took it really well. I mean, as well as he could have, of course, I'm sure he was devastated, but he left on good terms and he was thankful that it pushed him to grow and and become more expressive. So I also named that, that like credit that he gave to Michelle for uh, like giving him up, you know, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to allow himself to grow. I thought that that was just so mature and like gracious beyond belief. Okay. But a very specific moment that is my title green flag is in that moment while so michelle walks him outside she is clearly already starting to struggle she's getting emotional she's having a hard time to find like find the words and he needs to wait for her to speak because he's not going to speak for her it's her turn and what he does is he holds out his hand yeah he holds out his hand i miss that Mm -hmm. i I would go back and watch it because it like brought like a little uh little tear to my eye because he holds out her hand suggesting like it's okay like i got like i got you we you can do this i'm with you yeah which should fuck i wish in that moment she was like i made the wrong decision let me reverse this because it's like i could almost guarantee that if she sent nate home it would not have been as gracious he would have been upset so that's this it's like and this goes back to what what you know when we were talking about even katie season like signs that these some of these guys are just really genuine gem of human beings like connor being able to be empathetic and supportive of katie while he's she's dumping him and same here with joe like joe being able to do that for michelle huge like those are the types of people you want in your life I can't yeah. express that enough. Like being able to hold space for you and allow you to be emotional, even when they're hurting. Huge. Huge. You want that in your yeah. relationship. Cause I, we can promise you, you it's going to come up. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I thought that this was a, a terrible misjudgment on her part. And, and, and honestly, like I feel a collective agreement on that within like my network, like, you and I feel that way. Okay. And I've had people reach yeah. out to me that were just like, nor, no, <laughs> like we shouldn't do this. Yeah. This should not have happened. Yeah. It's, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's the consensus and that people can spot it, um, and see, you know, take it for what it is. Um, we will see what next week holds and i am excited to hear what her mom has to say and how michelle responds to what her mom has to say i have a feeling it's gonna go final decision is going to be this like i'm saying bullshit but i don't really mean bullshit because this is valid she's gonna quote go with her heart and she's gonna pick nate but she's gonna i think she's gonna her, I think her body's going to tell. They'll break no, I, I don't know about that, but maybe probably if they, if they aren't together now, they likely won't be at some point, but I think that her body is going to tell her that this was like alert, alert, alert. We are not safe. This is not the right decision. Like bad, 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 bad. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. 
I'll be if she does pick Nate. I hope it's not an engagement. I hope it's like a let's keep dating and see where this goes because like that's happened yeah. in other seasons and she has like with Juan Juan Pablo who's a story for another day because he's a crazy <laughs> person too. But um, my point is just like she could do that and I would be proud of her if she wants to pick Nate to do yeah. it in that way. But I do feel like if they were to get engaged and to start planning a wedding and all Mistake. of that, I feel like their relationship in the real world is going to i feel like yep. they'll break up i don't i don't foresee that lasting nate has too much to grow um which he could do in that setting but i i don't see him running to a therapist you know when the show yep. wraps i'm with you on that you know so listener cue we have a really good listener cue yes about this. let's go it's a follow-up to a question we answered on here a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or in our last episode about can men and women really mm-hmm. be friends? And so... Which, um, backtracking, backtracking. Had someone we reach de- out? We decided, oh, we decided yeah. that um, men and women, platonic relationships across genders can exist as long as there are understood boundaries. Yeah. Yes. And so I don't even know... Um, how this person identifies mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't. Okay. So for totally the purpose of this question, great. we will use they, them pronouns. Okay. So they are asking if it's possible to remain friends with an ex after, you know, after you've broken up and for an extended period of time and while you're dating other people, um, you know, when we just to read a little bit of what they said, this person says we had only known each other for about two to three weeks, whereas I've known my ex for five years. My ex and I are just really great friends and I'd hate to cut off communication. Oh, I ultimately told the guy I was dating that I just can't do that. Am I the bad guy here? Mm. So potential for woman or not, I don't think it's necessary because regardless this question just, the only thing that we know is that, the only thing that and... we know is that they dated a man an identified man a man exactly um, okay yeah okay thank you so they are wondering if a person they're wondering their new partner is frustrated by the fact that they have a relationship with their ex-boyfriend okay yeah. and they don't necessarily want to cut off their relationship with their ex-boyfriend Okay. They don't. They don't. They're saying I've known I've known this new person for two to three two to three weeks, or I've known my ex for yeah. five years, and my ex and I are just really good friends, yeah. and I'd hate to cut off communication. Okay. I wonder. Maybe this person knows this, but they didn't write it in their email. But I wonder if they know yeah. what about this friendship and platonic relationship that they have with their ex, how that makes their new newer partner feel has this person expressed what that makes them feel like and what their concerns are Mm -hmm. if they haven't expressed this i would encourage the person who wrote to us to open that conversation up ask them how does this make you feel what are your concerns yeah and what would you like instead Mm. right because we all have again different thresholds with with Mm -hmm. this um if you're talking to your ex every day like i'll be super honest as a girl if if jordan was talking to his ex every day and they were like best friends that would be a Mm -hmm. little concerning to me i would want to understand um some what the dynamic of that is and maybe set up some boundaries but if it's like 
every once in a while you have a chat you know, are you hanging out with them one on one like there's so many layers to this um and i don't think it's ever acceptable for anyone to demand you start course, talking absolutely. to someone okay so both both things yeah. need to be explored you know if you are talking to them every day and your new partner's like, ooh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, I don't have any exes I talk to every day. You know, let me, let's try it. Let me see if I can acclimate to it. I would, and also, will they meet your ex? Can they meet your ex? Would that help them feel more comfortable? You know, maybe mm-hmm. go hang out with them. Um, but yeah, I, I just think you need more details about what it is, like Bree said, is making them uncomfortable and what they would prefer instead. And then you get to make the choice. Am I willing to meet these boundaries right. or no? And if and if this new person you're dating is like, you shouldn't ever talk to any of your exes, that's not yeah. true yeah. either. Absolutely. <laughs> so and by yeah. opening up a, an, a neutral, not a, a conflict charged conversation, that is really yes. important to us. Yes. Having opening up a neutral Agreed. conversation to be curious about how this makes your partner feel. One is gonna tell your partner that, this per- that you care about how this makes them feel with that before you're even able to make any promises or set new boundaries based on your partner's preferences. It's going to communicate. My partner cares about how this makes me feel because they're getting curious about what this is like for me. That's a very green flag, yeah. very green flag. Um, so opening that up allows you to get more information so that you can decide, is this something that is my partner's responsibility for working through that I can be a supportive cheerleader for, Mm -hmm. or is this something Mm -hmm. that I need to make changes with because it is being objectively named as problematic, right? I think that another question that I have specifically for this person who's asking the question is you haven't, said this to us explicitly because there's no context here, which I understand. But if you could ask yourself, what do you get out of your relationship that you maintain with your ex? And I just think that that any answer that you come up with is fine. But I think that that's something that you should be really honest with just yourself about. Yeah. What do you actually get from this relationship? Why is this relationship important to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, cause that what's beautiful about figuring that out is then you go to see if there's anything in this new relationship that's not filling, mm. a, you know, a need or anything like that. And that's why you're maintaining totally. connection with them. Um, but yeah, you get curious, get curious about your own experience, get curious about what your new, you know, partner, because this is, I can tell you that this is something that no matter who you, who you date, this will eventually come up at some Mm -hmm. point. And also take time to empathize with them and put yourself in their shoes. Like if you were dating someone, you know, for a few weeks and they had this, you know, and maybe that is something you find you, you want to date people who have relationships with their exes and feel comfortable with that. That's totally Mm -hmm. fine too. But this is a conversation that a lot of people have because some people do have great friendships with their exes and it works. Awesome. Yeah. Your new partner needs to yeah. be on board. And some people don't like, I'm not friends with any of my exes because it wouldn't serve me at mm-hmm. all. They were not great mm-hmm. people. You know, um, I think the only 
quote unquote ex and it, we never even dated. We made out <laughs> once in high school and like he'll occasionally, he'll occasionally reach out and be like, love what you're doing, Kiever. <laughs> but that's like the extent of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, and Jordan knows about that. And like, and that's that, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, it is what it is, but I don't, I don't have a need for that. So it's, um, yeah, I think getting curious about why you want to maintain, um, this type of relationship. And again, I think frequency is really what's important here to explore because if it is something, someone you're talking to every day, there's a little bit of dependency yeah. there, you know? And so figure out what that's about and how, or what your new partner would need yeah. to feel comfortable, um, with you maintaining I that would connection. Keep an eye and an ear out for how you emotionally respond to being questioned about this ex are you getting defensive? It is okay if you are. That is a natural and valid emotional response to being questioned in this yes. way. But uh, give yourself the space to feel defensive, independent of the conversation with your partner, so that you can uh, allow that to pass so that you can go a, a bit deeper, get like below the surface, deeper with yourself about what's this, what's this really about? Alrighty, friends. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. If you liked it, share, screenshot, mm-hmm. tag us on the gram. Let us know you're listening. Um, leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts as well. That always helps mm-hmm. us grow and spread our show. Spread oh, our show. Um, uh, spread <laughs> our show, not the Ooh. coronavirus. Um, Let's really take care of each other. Don't do that. Um, we hope that this yeah. episode gave you the giggles like it gave us the giggles. We were in a full giggle fest today. We I really were. Yes. And then follow us on the gram and TikTok at Ditch the Script Pod. And if you want your questions answered, ditchthescriptpod.com. Hit us you up. You know what to do. We got you. Okay. As <laughs> always, we love you. Peace and blessings. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. We love you. Okay, Bye. bye.